Awesome. Hey, um, just before I start, this may shock you guys, but my eyes don't see, don't look out like that. So I was just wondering if maybe we could bring the chairs in a little bit, because you guys are kind of like in different universes. Um, but we all we need is an aisle that is about um, this, this wide, that's perfect. Um, but it's coming a little bit, and then I can just kind of look in the middle. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and it just feels a lot more homely, right? A lot more homely. Hey, welcome. If this is your first time, um, it is great to have you here. And so Anna and myself um, serve on um, serve this community here at night, and so if we haven't met you, come say hello, we'd love to say hello, we're not too scary, um, just slightly strange, so I'd love to meet you, come say hello, and um, yeah, so tonight, I had been thinking about, we, we, we started back our services at like an awkward week, right, the, if you were th- thinking logically, you'd go, when does the series, teaching series start, and you'd start on that week, but we were too eager, and we've come back a week early, and so um, I thought about that in December last year, and I just prayed to the Lord, and I said, Lord, we've got this one gathering together. I want to make it worth our time um, with, with what I share, and so would you put something on my heart? And he did. And the thing that he's put on my heart is out of a passage that I love in Galatians 5, um, and we're going to read it from verse 16 to 26 soon. Um, but just before I read it, This passage is all about life by the Spirit. And if you have never heard of the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God, and when I say that, your walls kind of go up or you're like, well, that just sounds bizarre, I'm not quite sure. Listen and and open up your heart, open up your mind to to what we're going to talk about tonight because I truly believe that a life following Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit is a life of fullness, a life that we have been designed to live. And so I just want to talk a little bit about that tonight um, and just maybe give some really practical, helpful things to kickstart your year. Does that sound good? Awesome. Okay. Um, Let's read it, eh? So I'll read from verse 16 to 26 when I open my Bible. This is when you elevated music. Okay. Here we go. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are, are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, um, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a good way to start the year, eh? Um, anyway. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I'll just pray real quick. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have together tonight. And God, I ask that um, as I share from your word, Lord, would you speak uh, to us? Would you speak through me, Lord? And I pray that none of my just ideas or words would um, be what flourishes, would be from you, Lord. So we open up ourselves to you right now, and we want to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. So just quickly, this is going to be a really quick message tonight. But Paul describes two forces at work within us, the Holy Spirit and the flesh. So when, when you read the word flesh it's ta- in the Bible, it's talking about like the sinful nature. And I actually read something kind of hilarious. The, um, the Greek word for it is S-A-R-X, sarx. And so when you think of the flesh, you just think, ah, oh, it sarks. And then you'll never do it. You'll never do anything sinful. So if you read the word flesh, flesh Sucks. Okay, you got to get the RX in there. Flesh sucks. Anyway, I, I read that. I thought that's hilarious. Um, anyway, so we've got these two forces at war within us the Holy Spirit and the flesh, which sucks. And <laughs> every time I say that, though. Um, but the thing is, these two forces aren't equal. They're not like battling it out, right? They're not, they're not the same power. Um, the Holy Spirit is infinitely stronger, but if we rely on our own strength just to try and do good and to try and live a life by the Spirit and resist the desires of the flesh, that's where we fall over and it doesn't happen. Um, and so in order for us to actually live by the Spirit's power, we need to deal with the desires of the flesh. And this is just where I want to start. You know, it uses some really uh, powerful language in here. In verse 24, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So it's telling us to crucify these desires of the flesh, to get rid of them, to consciously deal with them, not just let them go unattended. Um, I turned 30 last year, which is really sad, and I got into, um, I got into veggie gardening, which is even sadder. Um, and I built this box at the back of our place, um, which was probably a terrible spot for it, but I built it anyway, and I didn't fill it for like eight months. It kind of just this awkward big black box in the back of our yard. Anyway, um, ended up filling it in this last spring, and man, it was luscious, eh? I felt like uh, um, gardener. <laughs> um, and I planted, like we, so I'm saying I, we planted lettuces. Uh, I found a lettuce called Tom lettuce, so obviously planted that. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. What else we plant? Rhubarb, broccoli, carrots, they suck. They, t- they grew into balls. I don't know how it happened. If you plant carrots, I think you need to leave a bit of space in between your carrots, otherwise they just kind of join up. Anyway, um, a whole bunch of stuff, and what I've learned with a veggie garden is if I go away, if we go on holiday, right, like we went away um, as towards the end of spring, we, we went away for a few days and, and came back, and spring is a time where it's just going crazy, like the science is just doing its thing, and creation, you know, like, it's, I don't know how it all works, the, the weather's perfect, and stuff is growing, but if you leave it unattended to, I came back, and it's like filled with weeds, the mint has gone everywhere, I was picking out and eating stuff I thought was mint, and I think it's just weeds, and and it didn't taste the same. Like everything was just going crazy. There were snails everywhere. Snails laid eggs. I didn't even know that. Like there were snail eggs littered all through this veggie garden. And it was an absolute mess. But what I've learned is that I constantly need to be attending to this veggie garden. 
in order for it to grow properly and to flourish. The garden's not just going to pull out the weeds, get rid of the snail eggs on its own. Um, and our flesh, our sinful desires are the same. They're exactly the same. We must tend to them. We must rip them up. We must consciously deal with them on a daily basis and actually open up and give the Spirit of God space in our hearts and in our lives for Him to do His thing. And so I've just had this one word on my heart over the last, it's only really been the last week um, as I've been thinking about tonight. And it's a word, I hope I don't lose it, called confession. Um, And confession, I think, can be quite a scary, serious word and sometimes feel a bit like, uh, a bit of a drug deal in the corner, like, you know, come confess this to me and I'll get rid of your sins for you. But it's not. It shouldn't be like that. I love this. Um, there's this passage in James that says this. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I think confession, we need to do it between God and between one another, between us and God and between one another. Psalm 139 is a beautiful, beautiful passage. If you haven't read it before, I encourage you to read it. It's like in the middle of the Bible. Psalm 139, but there's um, two verses here that I just want to read that say, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So confess your sins to one another and to the Lord. I've been trying this. Um, personally recently, just over the summer, I've, I was terrible at it. And I've just started writing stuff down. So if you see a little black diary, do not open it. <laughs> um, no, but I've just started writing down um, my, my sin, things that I need to confess to the Lord. Because for me, I've grown up in the church and I've, you know, you hear confess your sins, repent. And I'm like, yep, awesome. But I needed something really tangible to actually start doing that. So I've just started writing stuff down. And it's changing my life. I'm not, I'm being for real. It's changed my life. Just in the last month, I feel freer. I feel like stuff doesn't stay around just lingering in here. There's like guilt or these thoughts or whatever it is. I just confess it to the Lord and give it over to Him. And it's, it is life-giving, absolutely life-giving. Um, and I wanted to encourage us tonight and maybe at the end of tonight, or there might not be someone here to do this with, but Find someone or some people to be accountable with. You know, these desires of the flesh are real. They are so real. They're not, as followers of Jesus, we're not excluded from feeling these desires. They happen. And I think the only way that we can actually live a life of freedom is confessing them to the Lord and being accountable with one another. Um, I've got a couple of mates in my life who I know I can talk to about stuff and they can come to me and you know it's a safe space. You know you're not going to get like, Oh, you dirty, dirty person. You're going to get like love and you're going to get correction. You're going to get someone who's going to hit you up when, when things don't go well. So confess with one another and confess with the Lord. Um, encourage you to make a real like rhythm of that in your life this year. Um, I think just on the last thing on confession, I think there's this misconception in um, Christianity that the less I confess, the more holy and spiritual I'm becoming. We can flip that around. The more holy and spiritual I'm becoming, the less I need to confess. But I think true followers of Jesus would be confessing daily because we're human, right? We get things wrong. You're just confessing, Lord, I've got this wrong, but Lord, I need your grace. Lord, I've got this wrong, and Lord, I need your grace. And you're reconciling with one another. Imagine a church community like that. 
Imagine a church community that is reconciling with one another and holding each other accountable to live a life that pleases God. Um, So when we confess our sinful desires and allow God to remove them, we give room to the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And he produces the fruit of verse 22. Um, Floyd, can you just check up 22, brother? I'll read out the fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So, obviously, those are amazing things. And I was just reflecting, how do we actually give the Holy Spirit control? How do we actually um, give the Spirit of God control and allow Him to produce that kind of fruit in our life? Like, I want to know how to do that, right? I'm sure you're the same. So I wanted, I just thought of three practical things um, that I'm trying in my life and that I've been told by other people. Um, and so if there's only three things you take away, just maybe write these down. Three things I want to suggest. Number one, fill your mind and your heart with the Word of God. Fill your mind and your heart with the Word of God. You know, Psalm, I just want to read a quick Psalm. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. That's what happens when you meditate on the word of God day and night. Now, you can't just empty your mind of these evil desires. You need to refill it with good things. You know, a lot of the spiritual spirituality things out there at the moment is about emptying yourself. Cool, but what are you going to fill it with again? Because if you don't consciously fill it, it's just going to get filled with the same stuff. And so we need to be filling our minds and our hearts with the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God daily. Um, I can't emphasize this enough like this church has always been built on the word of god if it's not in the word don't care (laughs) well you know like it has to be from the word of god and we base ourselves of being a a word of god church and i want to encourage us as a community if you don't have a rhythm of reading the word of god just start and start small Um, one practical thing i tried and did last year for for a good chunk and and i've found other kind of rhythms that are working at the moment but something that got a real good rhythm for me was um, there's there's this book that like anyone and everyone reads at New Year called Atomic Habits. Have you guys read that? Anyway, um, if you haven't, it's pretty good, but read the Bible more. Um, it's, it's, but anyway, it talked about creating habits in your life, and I was like, man, I'm going to start this habit. Um, and so what I did was um, every morning I know that I wake up and I make a coffee, um, and that's just how I start my day. And I thought, okay, well, how do I kind of trick myself into maybe putting the Bible with that time? And so what I do is I put my coffee cup, coffee cup, uh, coffee cup on the table. There's what I was going to say, toffee, coffee cup on the table. My goodness. And next to it, I put my Bible and I open it up to the next day's reading. 
And so it's an easy win for me. I'm setting myself up for a half volley. And I just, I just I walk out in the morning kind of half days, make my coffee, and I'm like, oh, my reading's there, and just start. And it can just be something small for you. You know, you don't need to read the whole of Leviticus every Monday and every Tuesday go through Exodus. Like, it doesn't matter. Just start with like a couple of verses here and there, but get in a rhythm of filling your mind with the Word of God every single day. And I can promise you that it will change your life. It will change your life. Um, and that's how the Lord often speaks to us, is through His Word. Some people do hear an audible voice, um, but more often than not, He's given us His Word, and we can hear Him through His Word um, and be quick to obey it. Anyway, second one, surround yourselves with other believers. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25, say this. Uh, say, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, this is vital because as followers of Jesus, we sharpen one another and we encourage one another. And when we come together, remember that you're not here to just gain you're here to give. You're here to be a part of the body and to sharpen one another, encourage one another. Um, and so surround yourself with other believers. And the last thing that I just wanted to share was um, there's a story in the Bible in John chapter 2. I won't read it, but it is, um, it's about Jesus doing his first miracle. And he turns water into wine. It's incredible miracle like I love love that Jesus did that but anyway he's at this wedding banquet and at a wedding banquet it's like if you run out of wine it's like oh my gosh what kind of party are you hosting you know like you should not be running out of wine especially this early in the night and so these guys are run out of wine and and Jesus's mother um went over to him and said I've run out of wine and um his, re, his response is, is to go and turn water into wine. But there's this thing that his mother says to the servants. She says this. After she's just told Jesus and Jesus has been made aware that there's no wine, she says this to the servants. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Now, I just want to take you into this scenario as a servant for a couple seconds just to let you know how crazy this would be. You're one of the servants at this wedding banquet, right? I've run out of wine. Jesus is like, I've got it. All I want you to do is grab those big, big stone water jars and fill them with water. Uh, they need wine, not water. Anyway, they go fill these jars with water. They fill them up, and then Jesus says, now scoop some out and take it to the, take it to the master of the banquet, the guy who's running the whole thing, for him to test it. Can you imagine that feeling? Like you're just a servant. It's like you're just working for Nosh, you know, and a catering company. And you're catering this wedding and you scoop out water. Can you imagine just like handing it over to the master of the banquet? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm going to lose my job. Like this guy's just going to think I'm nuts. The master of the banquet drinks the wine and drinks the water and it's wine. And he goes, oh my goodness, this is the best wine ever. Why would you leave the best till last? And you imagine, you, like two responses there. I'm sure that one of the servants is like, 
ah, yeah, I know, I just you know, made it myself, in between the toes, kind of squidge it out. Or I'm sure they were just standing there completely amazed, completely amazed that they saw what the jars were filled of. They saw that it was just water, and Jesus has somehow turned this water into wine. Imagine if they didn't do what he told them. Imagine if they just went their way, they're like, nah, we're going to pop down to more Wilsons and buy some wine. We're, like, we're going to solve this problem our own way. Instead, they trusted him. They allowed him to guide what they did. And I just want to finish by encouraging you this year, as you open yourself up to the Spirit of God, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. If it seems bizarre, if it makes sense at the time, doesn't matter. Do whatever he tells you. Um, just to close, as I, was, as I was reflecting on this for us as a community, I think a life by the Spirit is summed up as a life of obedience to God. A life of obedience to God. Saying yes to the Lord when it seems a bit crazy or inconvenient. But let's be a community who's open to Him this year. Open to the guiding of the Spirit. Open to the works of the Spirit. And allowing Him to produce the fruit of the Spirit that He desires. Not, not, the, not the flesh. Don't let the flesh and the sinful desires overtake. But yeah, that's just what I want to share with you tonight. Um, how we're going to close. I'd love for us Moses worship for a song but before we do that as the team comes up take some time now maybe with the people around you what's one thing you're going to do in response to what we've kind of talked about tonight maybe there's like a a rhythm that you want to set up of being in the word daily or maybe there's some desires of the flesh that you just need to get sorted and you want someone to pray with you but let's talk now with those around you and if you want prayer please pray with those around you or if you want if you've come with no one, you're like, man, I really want prayer from someone. Um, I'll just be up here. Come have a chat. I would love to pray with you. Um, but that's it for tonight. So start chatting with the people around you. What's the one thing you want to take away from tonight? Um, and then let's worship.